Well, uh, when I was coming in here this morning, I was having a quick chat with uh, Joshua Dodd. Uh, now, Josh actually made a really big claim. Now, Josh, I don't know if you were ready for me to share this with everybody, but it was a pretty massive claim. Josh actually said uh, that over 50 metres, I think it was, 50 metres, that you reckon you'd be able to beat Trav Brown in a race. Is that right, in a, in a foot race? You reckon you could... It's a big claim. What do you reckon, Trav? No, no hope. No hope. All right, well, if you guys want to come out and we'll... We'll just go back and forth. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a big claim, though, isn't it? Jo Are you still stand by that claim, Josh? 50 metres, you beat Trav. That is a big claim. Who believes Josh could beat Trav in a race? Anyone? <laughs> oh, your nieces and nephews do. Yeah, there's a few people. No. Okay, well, by popular opinion, I'm declaring Trav the winner. So. <laughs> It is a big claim, though, isn't it? And unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's true, actually. It could be true, but uh, maybe we'll test it outside afterwards. But people are making big claims around us all the time, aren't they? People uh, make claims about a product. They make claims about a, a person, another person. They, they make claims about themselves. But, you know, making a claim about something or someone and, and actually backing it up, that's, a, that's another thing, isn't it? Anyone can make a claim, but being able to back it up is a whole other thing entirely. You know, if you're going to make a claim like that, Joshua, you've got to be able to back it up, don't you? Jeez, I'm pretty sure he reckons you can. But in our bit of the Bible today, uh, and in the whole book of John, really, Jesus is making some pretty big claims. And they're claims that really should get our attention. They're claims that should get our attention. And so today I thought we'd have a look at one of the claims that Jesus makes, and then we'll have a bit of a think about what it might mean for us as we kick off this year as followers of Jesus. You know, I think one of Jesus' biggest and boldest claims is, is one, of, one that he uh, repeats a couple of times in our passage that we read just before. Uh, in John chapter 10, in verse 11 and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, I know that actually we probably don't really have many shepherds these days, do we? Especially not in Australia, uh, particularly kind of like what they would have had in Bible times. And so I thought uh, maybe I'd ask, uh, kids, does anybody know what a shepherd does? Can anyone tell me? Anyone? Nice and loud? Yeah, up here, Addy. Looks after sheep, that's right. Well, that's right, they do look after sheep. I thought we might do a little bit of a demonstration for the adults, actually... If you were at, uh, who was at the Dolby Christian College Chapel and remembered we did something about the Good Shepherd last year? Anyone remember? Yeah, and we got some kids up to, to show us what shepherds do, didn't we? I thought we might do something different today. We might actually get some adults up to show you kids and get them to embarrass themselves. Yeah, what do you think? Okay, we need a few volunteers. So I'm going to need, I need uh, four sheep. Don't be shy, I'll pick someone. Four sheep, we need four sheep. You could be a small adult if you want. Terry's going to be a sheep. Thanks, Terry. Got on your sheep. Terry, okay, three more sheep, let's go, there you go, Terry, you're a sheep, okay, here's Hilt, yep, okay, yeah, come on, yeah, Jed, yeah, come on, you, you're close enough to an adult, yeah, you're a teenager, there you go, there you go, thanks, mate, uh, one more sheep, there you go, Hilt, one more sheep, anyone, come on, don't be shy, uh, oh, okay, thanks, okay, there we go, all right, now, what else do we need, we need, uh, we need a couple of villagers, we need some villagers, uh, I need some villagers. I'm going to pick someone if no one volunteers. Uh, Trev, can you be a villager for me, please, Trev? I know, here's, uh, here's some villager clothing. I don't know if that'll fit you, but so here you go. Hey, try this one. That one's a bit bigger. Here, try that one. That one's a bit bigger. Uh, someone to fit into this small medium. Uh, 
Yep, over here. What's your name? Lucas, Lucas, yeah. Lucas, you can, you can wear this one. There you go, put that over your head. Now, someone to wear this beautiful little number. Uh, Joshua Dort? No, no. Uh, who wants to wear this one? Steph, would you like to come and wear this one? I'm sure you would love to. Okay, and now I actually need a shepherd. Now, this is a big role, so we need a shepherd. Who's willing to... Oh, yeah, there you go. Look at that. Beautiful. Anyone who wants to be the shepherd? Otherwise, I'll pick someone. Someone up here. Uh, Malcolm, do you want to be the shepherd, mate? Yay. He loves it. Are you itching? You're itching for that part, I can tell. All right, now, Mal, here's... No, no, this one's... I reckon this one... This one will fit you, I reckon. Or you can just drape it over if you want to. Oh, that'll go. There you go. I don't know. Anyway, well, you just, you just see what happens. Look, we can, part, we can uh, put a, what do you call the thing in the side? The little, I don't know if that's the, yeah, that's the armhole, I think. Here's, a, here's the head hole. It's going as bad as well as I thought it would, yep. They say never work with children or animals, but there you go. So, I gave you that. Look at that. No, it fits. There you go. Look at that. There you go. There's your shepherd's crook. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Now, guys, uh, what I need you to do is we need to just show these people how this kind of shepherding thing works. So, Mal, you're the shepherd. We've got some villagers. We've got four sheep here. So, if you were someone who lived in Jesus' day, chances are you kind of knew about shepherds. You, you kind of were a shepherd like Mal, or you know a shepherd, or you buy stuff like a villager who buys stuff from a shepherd. You know, heaps of people in the Bible are shepherds, aren't they? And in the Old Testament, Jesus, uh, God kind of uses the, the imagery of shepherds to kind of describe uh, how he acts and works. As a shepherd, Mal, your sheep are really important to you. So I want to come over and show these sheep how important they are to you. <laughs> there you go. That's right. They're very important because your sheep are your job. <laughs> your sheep are your job. They're your income. They're your livelihood. They're your whole life, really. And so you need to look after them. You need to feed them. You need to give them water. You need to care for them when they're sick, protect them from wild animals and make sure they're safe. That's the kind of job that a shepherd does, isn't it? And so, of course, you need to know your sheep really well. You need to know what they need. And they need to know, that, uh, they need to know you really well so that they will follow you. Okay, let's have a little Pied Piper moment. Mal, the sheep are going to follow you. They're going to follow you. Because they know you so well. <laughs> and the villagers, they're, just going, they're looking for a bit of... Uh, they're just looking for a bit of meat or milk or something from those tasty-looking sheep. Uh, but as a shepherd, your whole life is about making sure your sheep are happy and safe and well. You know, you're the difference between life and death for these sheep. And without the shepherds, our villagers would have no one to go and get milk and meat and all those things from. Okay, that's it. That was about it. Thanks, guys. You can, uh, you can take those off. Yeah, you had a pretty low-key role, but that's all right. Thanks, Mal. I didn't think that one uh, through too well. Thanks, yep. No, that's all right. <laughs> modesty, a bit of modesty. All right. Thanks, Malcolm. Oh, I'm going to pay for that one, aren't I, Mal? Yeah. All right. But Jesus' claim, Jesus' claim, just like we thought about shepherds now, what they are, what they do, Jesus' claim is that he is a shepherd. And not just any shepherd, Jesus' claim is that he is. The good shepherd. 
And this is a claim from Jesus, uh, the claim that he's the good shepherd. It's a, a claim that his listeners at the time, they wouldn't have missed. They certainly wouldn't have missed it. Back in verse 1 of this chapter, it says that Jesus is talking to some people called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were these kind of full-on, really serious, uh, religious Jewish ninjas. Uh, they, they kind of knew the, the Jewish Bible inside and out. They knew the law really well. And so they knew exactly what Jesus was claiming when he said, I am the good shepherd. It's how God talks about himself in the Old Testament. God says that he will be the shepherd his people desperately need. He'll be the one to care for them and rescue them. Jesus' claim here in John chapter 10 is a claim that he is God. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, so what? This is Jesus. You know, he, of course, he can claim to be God. But I want you to stop and think about it for a second. This is a really huge claim from Jesus. It's a claim that we've kind of just been celebrating uh, the reality of at Christmas time. Jesus' claim is that he is God come to earth in the flesh. Yeah, imagine the person beside you right now, someone who is very much human, who you could uh, reach over and touch, uh, saying to you, kind of whispering in your ear, um, just want to let you know something. I'm actually, actually the God of the universe. That's a massive claim, isn't it? It's a massive claim. Yeah, the thing about Jesus' claim that's different to Joshua's claim, different to any claims that we might make, is that Jesus has actually backed up his claim. It's a claim that Jesus has well and truly backed up. As he did a bunch of uh, incredible miracles and ultimately by raising from the dead. Jesus is the good shepherd. God himself who has burst into creation, burst into our reality in the flesh. But there's a bit more to Jesus' claim here. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And in verse 11 and 14, there's more, there's more to his claim. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And so these verses, they, they tell us a bit about what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd. I wonder if there's someone that you think you know really well, someone that you kind of know better than anyone. Kids, maybe it's your mum and dad or your brother or sister. Kids, do you have anyone that you think you know really well, better than anyone? I'm going to point to my son, Oliver. Who do you reckon you know better than anyone? Your best friend, George, yes. Anyone else? Who do you know better than anyone? You're, oh, you're pointing to your sister, yeah. That's, you, know, you know your sister better than anyone, great. That's right, we have these people that we know better than anyone. And I reckon my wife, Deanne, and I know each other pretty well. We've been married for, now be careful here, 16 years. Brown about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you a fair bit about Deanne. Her birthday is January 11. Uh, she loves good coffee, she loves sleeping in, she loves to read, uh, she loves me and she loves our kids, but she absolutely hates peas, hates peas. 
And so I know Deanne and I love her and I care about her. And so because I love Deanne and I care about her, I like to do nice things for her occasionally. Occasionally sometimes, right? Yeah. Like I remember her birthday generally. It's three days after mine, so it's not too hard. Uh, and I bring her coffee at times. Uh, and, you know, I don't cook peas when I'm cooking because I know she doesn't really like them, even though I do. You know, all of us have someone that we know and love and care about, don't we? Jesus is a shepherd who knows and loves and cares about his sheep, who, who knows and loves and cares for everyone who trusts in him and follows him as their good shepherd. Jesus is the one who will, will do all of the stuff that God said he would do for his people in the Old Testament. He'll gather them, he'll care for them and love them and provide for them and rescue them. Now, I wondered if you noticed that in the verses before. Verse 11 and 14, Jesus said he's a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is a good shepherd who is willing to give his life to, to rescue the sheep, to save the lives of his sheep. The good shepherd laid down his life so that his sheep can be safe, secure and alive because of the sacrifice of the shepherd. I reckon as we hear these claims from Jesus, these claims that he is the good shepherd, that he's God in the flesh, and as we hear what it means for him to, to actually be the good shepherd for us, I reckon there's this question that kind of just, it's always hanging there. It's a question that's always kind of just hanging there, begging to be asked and answered. One that we, we can't ignore and sometimes we, we don't like to ask or we don't like to think about. But it's a big question. Why? It's a really big question. Why? Why did God enter creation in Jesus? Why does Jesus want to know us? Why does the good shepherd lay down his life for his sheep. You know, why do I need saving? And ultimately, why does all of this matter for me right here and now? And, you know, I reckon the answer to, to these questions uh, comes in the, the kind of first part of our, our, our reading from today and ultimately in chapter 10 of our passage. Jesus says that he has come to do something that no one else has done. Jesus has come to give life. He says anyone and anything else, anyone before him, anything else in, in all the world, anyone else who's come, they bring nothing but death and destruction. But the good shepherd longs to give life. And not just any life, life to the full. There's another version of the, uh, the Bible, just another translation, the English Standard Version, which is just another, a uh, little bit more literal translation of the, the Bible. Uh, it says, uh, the, translate the verse, the verse this way, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Jesus came that people might have life abundantly. And that's the reason all this matters. Because the good shepherd longs to give life 
and life abundantly. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word abundance. You think of lots of, lots of stuff, maybe lots of money, lots of things, lots of friends, lots of power. But I think Jesus' point here is a, is a little bit different. Because what Jesus offers in abundance is life itself. Jesus offers real life. Not just a full life, but life to the full. Life in abundance. So what does it mean to have life in abundance? I want to spend time... Uh, suggesting just two things, that life in abundance is all about life now with God and life forever with God. Life in abundance is all about life now with God and life forever with God. And so firstly, life now with God, uh, life of abundance means, life, as it's, uh, life in abundance means uh, life as it's meant to be. Life in, in all its fullness. A life lived right now with Jesus as King and His Spirit living in us to help us navigate the ups and downs of life with a real deep joy that can only come through knowing Him. And you know, of course, that doesn't mean that life will always be easy or perfect. There are going to be times when it is just plain old. Hard when the, the kids won't sleep, when your job sucks, when the, the bills are just piling up on top of each other. And that's the reality of life, isn't it? It's not always going to be easy. But it's not what Jesus is promising. What he is promising is life right now. In the midst of the chaos and the clutter, life in which you know your Creator intimately. The God who made you, the God who knows you and cares for you deeply, who who understands exactly what you need, exactly what your life is like. Jesus offers a life of knowing God, resting in him and trusting that he is with us, no matter what the chaos of life might bring. And secondly, life in abundance through the Good Shepherd, means a life that doesn't end in death, but a life that lasts into eternity and is eternally good. Jesus promises hope. He promises hope that when life here is hard, when you find yourself thinking, you know, is this all there is? When life's full of pain and uncertainty, full of death, full of fear... When things just feel a bit too much and you're feeling a bit hopeless, you think, is this all there is? Jesus says, no. There's more. There's far more. There is life in abundance. Life forever with God. Life that is good and that lasts forever in intimate relationship with our Creator. Life that doesn't end in death. Life in abundance. This is the life that the Good Shepherd offers. 
And it's, it's life that is made possible as the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Giving up his life so that you and I can know God and be safe and secure and have life with him. It's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And when he was raised to life again, death had lost its power and life, real life, had won. As I finish, I want to ask a question. I reckon it's a question that we need to ask ourselves when we read a passage like this. When we read about a claim like this from Jesus, whether you are a follower of Jesus already, or maybe you're not. It's good for us to stop and kind of take stock at times. And here's the question. Do you know the Good Shepherd? Do you know the Good Shepherd? Do you belong to Jesus? Have you put your trust in him as the good shepherd, as the one who loves you and cares for you and has laid down his life for you and offers you life in abundance. No matter where you're at, whether you're 8 or 80 or anywhere in between, do you know Jesus and follow him as your good shepherd? And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your good shepherd, we would love to help you get to know him in whatever way we can. And, you know, really one of the best ways that we can do that is, is to have you kind of keep getting together with us as we gather each week uh, to follow Jesus and to, to focus on him and investigate what it means for us to keep following him together. And, and so we'd love you to join us at church, to be with us here as we gather and focus on and remind each other of everything that Jesus has done for us. Like I mentioned earlier, maybe you want to dig a bit deeper want to find out a bit more about who Jesus is, why he came, what it means to follow him. And so if that's you, we'd love you to, to join us uh, for a Christianity Explored course. Jesus is such a good shepherd. And we'd really love you to get to know him and, and follow him with us. If you're here this morning and you have put your trust in Jesus, if you're someone who does follow Jesus as your good shepherd, I reckon there's just two things as we finish that are good for us to do. Two things that are good for us as we kick off this new year together, following our good shepherd. And the first one is this. Keep trusting Jesus. Keep trusting Jesus. Even when it's hard. And I know that sounds really simple and maybe a bit like that's a given. It goes without saying. But it's actually really easy for us, I think, to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy for us to get distracted as followers of Jesus by so many other things. And so we need to keep trusting Jesus. We need to keep clinging to Jesus in the chaos of life. And you know, one way that we can help each other to do that as a church is just to be talking about Jesus with each other. To have real and honest and just kind of vulnerable conversations about where we're at. Maybe talk about bits of the Bible that are challenging us at the moment. Maybe share a song about Jesus that you've been listening to that's been really encouraging. It's simple little ways that we can help 
uh, keep pointing each other to Jesus, to help each other stick with Jesus this year. And the second thing I think is good for us to stop and to think about and to, to do as followers of Jesus this year as we kick off is to rest. Rest. Because Jesus knows you and loves you and cares about you. Rest. Even though life can be stressful and hard, sometimes you feel like it is just all too much. Rest. Because Jesus has laid down his life at the cross so that you can have life in abundance. Rest, because Jesus is your good shepherd. Let me pray. Our great God and heavenly Father, when we think about what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus, it is amazing and incredible and really humbling that you, the the maker of everything, would uh, humble yourself and, and come to earth in the flesh so that we might know you, that we might be rescued by you, that we might get to have life with you right here and now and forever. Father, I pray that you might help us this year to cling to Jesus, to to continue to follow him as our good shepherd. That you might help us see more and more what it means for us to follow him and to rest in him, our good shepherd who loves us and cares for us and has laid down his life for us. We pray these things in his name. Amen.